Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Chapter 18. And I'm going to read quite a deal of uh, verses here, more than perhaps we normally do or you are used to. I know a lot of preaching nowadays is one verse or two. And occasionally I like to read a bunch of it because I know there are people who don't know the story. And that's fine. You've got to hear it sometime for the first time. Uh, by the way, we publish these notes of uh, the, the, the message. And so you can grab those as you come in. They're always there at the uh, entrance to the auditorium. I asked during the week, uh, asked Kate, uh, our receptionist, I said, do many people take this? She said, oh, yes. She said, they've almost always gone every week. So I'm just going to read out this passage of Scripture. Now, I know it looks a lot, but I timed it. It's two minutes reading, all right? So uh, just stay with me there because some of you are going like, really, he's got to read all that? I haven't heard a preacher read that much of the Bible. Uh, But stay with me. Are you all right there? It says this because this is the prophet Elijah speaking to the children of Israel who have lost their way as a nation. They have forsaken God. They've gone to their own stuff. And it says in verse 24, he says, Then call on the name of your God. He's saying to these false prophets, And I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people agreed. They said, Fair enough. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, this is the false God, you go first because there's many of you. There was, I think from memory, 800 of them in total. Choose one of the bulls, prepare it, call in the name of your God, but don't set fire to the wood. So they prepared one of the bulls, placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime, shouting out, O Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. Then they danced, hobbling around the altar they'd made. About noontime, I love this bit, Elijah began mocking them, saying, you'll have to shout louder, he scoffed, for surely he's a God. Perhaps he's daydreaming or relieving himself. Or maybe he's away on a trip or is asleep and needs to be wakened. So they shouted louder. And following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. They raved and carried out all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice. But still there was no sound, no reply, no response. Then Elijah called to the people, come over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down, been neglected. No one had sacrificed there. They're too busy with their own stuff. And it says he took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel. And he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. He dug a trench around the altar, large enough to hold about three gallons. He piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water, pour the water over the offering and the wood. And after they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. When they'd finished, he said, do it again a third time. He's making sure it's thoroughly saturated. It's soaked, this altar. So they did as he said said and the water ran around the altar even filled the trench and at the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed 
He said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I've done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you've brought them back to yourself. Verse 38, immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull and the wood and the stones and the dust and it even licked up, vaporised the water in the trench. What an incredible miracle. If you'd been there for that, I've got no doubt you would have, if it had been me and I'd been Elijah, I would have gone out thinking I can do anything. God answers me, I'm God's BFF. I'm definitely His favourite. There's no doubt whatsoever. Look at that, did you see that? I prayed once and immediately it just happened. Wow, it's almost like I've got the hotline to heaven. So let's read on. In that same chapter, verse 41 Just a few verses after this, Elijah said to Ahab, who's the king who's presided over the the burgeoning of evil in the nation. He's led the people in all kinds of immorality and all kinds of ungodliness. He's promoted all kinds of wickedness. He's never done anything that honoured God. And Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink because I can hear a mighty rainstorm coming Even though it had been three years of complete drought, no moisture, no rain, not even dew on the ground. The whole land is that parched. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and he bowed down low to the ground, prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went out and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I don't see anything. Immediately the fire fell. I don't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. I don't know about you, but I wonder why the fire fell immediately, but the rain came finally. Same man of God, same faith, same really time frame. It's not that far apart, but there are two completely different outcomes. In the one, immediately the fire falls. In the other one, nothing happens. I believe that we all need to understand that God is the God of the instant and the God of the distant. He's the God of right now getting it done, but He's also the God who doesn't always do things instantly in our life. And whether the answer is instant or in the distance, He's still God and He's still listening. Same God. Immediately the fire fell. Same God. Finally, the seventh time. We need to understand that delays are not denials. Imagine if Elijah had got discouraged after the first time and said, hold on a second here. God, I thought I had you on the end of the line. God, I thought you were listening. 
I thought, I thought you cared. God, how come I'm, I'm praying? Hello, it's me. Hello, remember me from 10 minutes ago? Remember, remember me? I, uh, you know, you remember how I asked you, show these people I'm a man of God? They all believed it because it happened immediately. And now God, the servant comes back and says, there's nothing. And the servant's going, well, maybe, you know, like, hello, not everybody gets it right all the time. But when Elijah says, go look a second time, and he's out there and he's getting a bit of eye drops, calling for binoculars, which weren't invented yet, but that's beside the point. And peering out into the distance, going, I wish I could see something. But he, he stayed a little bit longer this time, hoping that it'll be there. And when he, he realises, well, there's nothing there, I've got to go and tell him. And he goes back to Elijah and he says, there's still nothing. And Elijah says, go back again. And Elijah is praying again. In the same, it's the same place where God answered immediately in the same place, the same man, same God. But now there's nothing. And it's three and it's four and it's five and it's six. Delays are not denials. If Elijah had got discouraged because there was no instant answer, if he'd given up hope that God had heard, he would have missed out on another miracle. After years of drought and no moisture, not even dew on the ground, after years of that, he would have missed the miracle if he hadn't understood that just because God doesn't do it immediately doesn't mean God's not doing anything. God had heard and God was at work in both cases. The third thing that we need to understand is that delays aren't because you're doing it wrong or wrongly for the grammatically correct here. It's not because you've somehow or other slipped out of God because sometimes people think that. I prayed and God didn't answer. And so therefore, somehow or other, it must be my fault. Well, Jesus said, ask and keep on asking. Why? I'm blowed if I know. I really, I, I am more puzzled over timing than I am over just about anything else in life. In life with God anyway. Because I've seen God do instant, supernatural, amazing miracles when I had the winciest, teensiest little bit of faith. And then other times when I felt like my faith was huge, God didn't do anything. And I'm going like, hello. I remember telling somebody once I... I said, I think God's lost my address. I think He's forgotten who I am and where I am. And this wise old person said to me, no, God never forgets. Listen, delays aren't denials. And a delay doesn't mean that you are doing it wrong. He wasn't there going, hey, last time it worked. This time it didn't. Which brings me to the fourth thing we need to understand. Listen to this. Because this verse popped into my head. I was laying in bed and uh, it popped into my head. And, you know, sometimes, I don't know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But sometimes you just kind of feel like a little push. Just go read that. 
So I brought it up, Bible's on my phone. So I just did that, laying in bed, looked it up. And I was struck by this immediately and finally. And as I began to puzzle over it, this is what I came to understand. Let me say it to you. God doesn't need time to work out things for me. But He does need time to work out things in me. God doesn't need time to work out things for me. But He does need time to work out things in me, not because God needs the time, He's timeless or timeful. But I'm not. Look at Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 52. It says this, speaking about Jesus. Think about this a minute. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favour with God and all the people. So Jesus' birth, which we're about to celebrate come December 25th. And leading up, they told me all the decorations are in the shops already. And carols will be around about and people will be singing, Oh, little town of Bethlehem. And away in a mansion, oh, come all ye. And we'll be inundated with carols so much that some of you will go, if I hear another carol, come to church, we'll sing some more. And we hear a lot about His birth. And then there's nothing about Jesus until He's 12. Hello, nothing about the terrible twos, if they exist. And certainly if they existed in Jesus' life, I doubt, but nevertheless. Nothing about His first days at school. Nothing till He's 12 and His parents go up to the temple and they lose the Messiah they're already three days journey back on the way to their hometown of Nazareth. And all of a sudden Mary says to Joseph, hey, how's Jesus going? I haven't seen him for a couple of days. And he goes, like any man would, I thought he was with you. <laughs> You're the mother. It was the angel that came to you. Huh? But, and then they trek all the way back, going against the flow of the crowds. Where are you going? Well, sorry, we lost Jesus. I mean, like, hello, how do you lose the Messiah? And they get up there and Jesus for three days has been in the temple teaching, teaching all these adults, learned people, and they're all astounded. And when Mary and Joseph going, hello, what are you doing? And he says, don't you know, I must be about my father's business. You go, wow. But you know, then you don't hear anything more until Jesus turns 30. 18 years where you hear nothing. Why? Because all of humanity needs time. We grow and Jesus left his eternal self and came to this time-bound world and became our Redeemer, our Saviour, lived, the Bible says, He laid aside His former glory and everything that He had in that and became, the Bible says, and fashioned like a man. Why? Because we needed a Saviour who was one of us. I remember being many years ago at the Walter Hoving Home for Girls in uh, upstate New York. Rhonda and I had gone over there to study uh, addiction and how to help people. 
We've been working with Team Challenge and Cookie Rodriguez, who was a part of the Cross and the Switchblade and Nikki Cruz and all of that stuff. She'd started this home, a, a jeweler on Saks up on, no, sorry, not Saks, but up on Fifth Avenue in New York. He'd had this marvellous estate. It was amazing. Huge acres of mansions. And he, when he died, left it all in his will to help young women that'd been caught up in addictions. And so we go there as their guests. And I remember it was a difficult, I don't know how to describe it. It was a torturous kind of a time. And I remember there was about 50 girls or 70 girls. And every one of them had been either an addict or a prostitute or both those things. And other kind of self-destructive behaviours. And I remember they sang this song out of Hebrews. We have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. I remember them singing. I could sing it to you now. I remember the song and I remember the profound impact it had for me that I, I walked with a Jesus who knew pain and I walked with a Jesus who knew what it was like to have contrary things happening in your life and world and that I walked with a Jesus who understood what it's like to be human. He wasn't somehow immune to all that. He had accusation thrown against him. He had all kinds of persecution. He had all kinds of misunderstandings. He had all kinds of difficulties. And yet still, he walked that way without sin. And so I heard this song and I remember the lift it gave on my heart. That's probably why it still so uh, resonates with me. What a great song. But think about it. Jesus leaves eternity in the glory of heaven. And then he's got to grow. Not just physically. He's got to grow in wisdom. He grew in favour with God. Really? And all the people, everybody in Jesus' hometown said, we like this guy. There's something special about him. There's no instant there. I stop for a moment and I thank God for the grace of time while God was at, has been at work in my life. Amen. I'm so glad with God it's not now and ever. And if you don't shape up, He'll ship you out. If you don't get it right the first time, that's it, you're done. There is no Christian probation. There's no holding you off to see how well you go before He fully embraces you. Joseph got the grace of time and he grew and developed from probably the spoilt kid of the family, dad's favourite, to becoming Pharaoh's prime minister, but because he had the grace of time to grow. Gideon, that great old warrior of the Old Testament, he got the grace of time and grew from a shy boy with a huge inferiority complex to become the deliverer, the leader of his people. See, God doesn't need time to work out things for me. But God and I need time for Him to work out things in me. Let me just say, you're not there yet. Amen? You're not there yet. And sometimes we forget we're not there yet. And sometimes we are impatient with ourselves and we are critical of ourselves and we give ourselves a hard time because we're not there yet. The Bible says you go from faith to faith. 
If you go from faith to faith, it stands to, to reason to me that right now my faith might be here and some things are out of my reach. But if I'll keep on growing and going, then one day my faith might get to the point where that thing that looks impossible to me now will become very, very possible because I'm not there yet. Amen. Come on. We're not there yet. You need to get this. You're not there yet. Your character's not there yet. Amen. Any of you that think you are perfect need to get married. (laughs) Then you'll find out you're not. Amen. Come on, you're looking at me like, oh, not in my house. My house, we are perfect. Yeah, and just right there, that lying spirit. Come on. God doesn't need time to work out things for me, but He does need time to work out things in me. Here's the fifth thing, the last thing, is that He's the God of power and process. Not either or. Not about the rest of you here, but I want the God of power every day. Amen. I prayed and immediately the fire fell. I prayed for a parking space because that's right up there with the prophets of Baal. I prayed for a parking space. Oh, just open up. Wow. Yeah. Amen. You know, I walked in the service station. They said, congratulations, you're the 100,000th customer. You get free fuel for a year. (whistles) Wow, yeah, amazing. The bank rings me up and said, sorry, Mr. Woodward, we made a mistake and we owe you $100,000. I go, (whistles) wow. I go to the doctor and he says, you or she says, you are the healthiest looking specimen we've ever had in this medical practice. I go, (whistles) Because see, I want the God of power. Amen. I want everybody I lay these hands on. Amen. I want that. I don't want the God of process. He takes too long. Huh? See, Jesus, 12. Must I not be about my father's business? And then he goes home and has to take the rubbish out. What do you think he did? How do you think he went home and Mary said, look, run down to the shop and get some wine. Oh, no, don't worry about that. Here's a cup of water. Just transform it, would you? Huh? He ran down to the shop. Some of you were looking at me like, He's a God of power. And I'm not saying he can't. I've, hello, I don't know. I've lost count of the number of instantaneous miracles. But he's also the God of process. David slays Goliath. That's the God of power. Amen. 16 year old boy. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And the angels of God flew alongside the stone. It started to get buffeted by a bit of wind, but the angel put it back on course. Another one's behind it, speeding it up because it takes a lot of power to kill a giant. And it's going harder and harder and faster and faster and quicker and quicker and more accurate and more accurately. And finally goes, pitching, hits him right in the head. And David goes, man, that's the best shot I ever made. 
He didn't see all the angels that were speeding that thing along. Goliath fell to the ground. David walked up there like Marshal Matt Dillon. (laughs) And he picked up the giant sword and it was so heavy he could barely lift it, but he, he picked it up like this. Kitchen. And the sword was so heavy, it just chopped Goliath's head off. I don't know about you, but I'm going out of there going, look out. I'm going up to every kid that ever bullied me in school. <laughs> Bring it on. Huh? See, that's the God of power. Do you know how old David is when he finally gets the anointing to uh, the fulfilment of the anointing to be king? Because Samuel gave it to him when he was still a teenager. Then he goes and kills Goliath, 16, 17. Do you know how old he is? He's 30. 13 years of the God of process. Oh, come on. David grows in a kingship. That's process. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 says this. Now I say that the heir, as long as he or she is a child, doesn't differ at all from a slave, though they're the master of all. But they're under guardians and stewardship until the time appointed by the Father. What that means is this. You're promised everything, but you've got to grow into some things. Amen? Come on, God God will give you that, that spouse, that partner in life you're looking for, but you better grow into it. Amen? Huh? Are you becoming the kind of person who will attract the person you want? Just a thought. Accept God's gift of the grace of time in your life. He is at work in you. He is taking you forward, but He's also making you into your destiny. What do I want for you this morning? I want every one of us to give ourselves the gift of the grace of time. I want to say, God, I'm not there yet, but I don't have to be. I've only got to be here and looking to you and trusting you. That's all I've got to do today. I've been doing this all week long because I had this message in my heart. And every time I get a little bit angsty, which I know none of you would ever believe I do, But every time I get a little bit impatient, a little bit frustrated, a little bit like, oh God, I've been saying to myself, give yourself the gift of the grace of time. I don't have to be there. I've just got to be here. And God, I'll trust you. Amen. Father, help us today. We pray in Jesus' name. You're the God of immediately, but you're also the God of finally. You're the God of now, but you're also the God of it'll take time. So, Lord, we thank You for all the things You do instantly in our life, all the ways that You just are at work. We look back and go, wow. But God, thank You for all the times too when You're at work in us. Help us to work with You. Not stop after prayer one or prayer two or prayer three or prayer four or prayer five or prayer six. Help us to keep going. In Jesus' name.
just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I know that there are people listening to me today, either in the building or online. You go, gee, I wish I knew God. I wish it was all real. I wish Jesus would touch me. I wish I'd know Him. I know the feeling. With that feeling and that thought that sent me on a quest as a young man. And if I told you all the places I looked for God where He wasn't, you, well, maybe you wouldn't be surprised. I looked in all kinds of religions and all kinds of stuff, going, I, 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 but I never knew what I really was looking for was Jesus until I met Jesus. When I met Jesus, all that searching for the answer went away. And now it just became searching for more of His will in my life. Father, I pray for people that are listening right now. They don't know You, but they want to. Maybe they haven't got it all figured out and maybe they've got a million questions, but You're the answer to every one of them. But You ask us to trust You, to take a step of faith, to say, Jesus, I'm going to open my life to You. I'm going to invite You to go on the journey with me. And Lord, because I'm asking You to do it, I know You're listening to me right now and You'll go on that journey with me. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I do want to do this. We don't always do it like this, but I, 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 I want to pray. I won't embarrass people. I'm going to help them. But just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if that's you this morning, you know God is talking to you. Say, Jeff, that's me. And I just want to acknowledge it to God. Would you just slip your hand up wherever you are? Say, that's me today, Jeff. And I'll just look around and I'll see your hand, acknowledge it up in the balcony, of course, looking up there as well. I don't know you all. Maybe you're somebody here today who says, I'm looking for God, Jeff. I'm not going to grab you, capture you. I will be praying for you. Is there anybody like that just wherever I am? Thank you. I see that. Good on you. Anyone else just wherever you are? This is what I want to do. Is I want to pray a prayer. You can right where you are. You can pray this prayer after me and online. I know there'll be people there as well. And then I'll talk to you about how you can say yes and we can help encourage you. But would you say this prayer to Jesus after me? Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me. I want Your forgiveness. I want Your salvation. I want Your wholeness. I want the future You have for me. Thank You, Jesus, for walking with me. Amen. 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 Look this way a minute. If you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart online or in the building, this is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to send yes, just a few simple letters, Y-E-S. The number's up there on the screen for you, 488 If you're outside of Australia or you'd just rather get our encouragement via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. And again, just say yes. That's all you got to do. We don't ask for your name, your details. We're not, we'll never spam you, that's for sure. Nothing like that. We want to be an encouragement. We'll send you a Bible verse and a prayer. They're different every day. You'll get it for 30 days. We want to be a part of helping you go on a great journey with God for your life. You know, you ask anybody here. Seriously, I think about this because I don't know about anybody here. Well, I do know. I'm eternally grateful to God 
If God never did another miracle in my life, never another one, I'm glad for the first one He did. I'm glad for the first one where He found me when I was lost and looking at all these weird spaces. And I'm so glad I never got caught up in that thing and that false religion and that other thing. I'm so glad that Jesus got me. You know what I mean? And it was so amazing. And I'm glad for that first miracle. Now it's not either or, I'm glad for all the miracles He's done since and will continue to do. We want to help encourage you. 0488-826-392-yes.metrochurch.org.au Be our pleasure. Let's give those people just a big hand and say, we love you. In just a few minutes, Pastor Bruce will be online for ministry time there, praying with people. You know, when we pray with people here, we expect answers. We really do. Pastor Ray and Kate will be back in the prayer space as you go. If they pray with you, they are expecting God to answer your need. Amen. We are praying, oh God, comfort them, poor things. We're saying, God, come on, you're the God who answers by fire. You're the God who's the God of the immediate. And you're also the God of finally. But either way, the miracle comes. Amen. God bless you. We're going to stand one more time, sing together this song. Because thank you, Tessie, for finding it, singing it. Cafe will be open in a minute. You can go out there if you need prayer. Make sure you go either online or out in the prayer space. By the way, next Friday night, we'll have communion together at Faith, Hope and Love. Sorry, next Friday, Sunday night. Friday night was the Northern Night of Prayer. Uh, but we'll be having communion together, but we'll also be anointing people with oil that have got long-standing conditions. You need God's help, God's healing. Come. Next Sunday night, Sunday night, we'd love to pray with you. Ready? Thank you, Mel. Thank you all.
Enjoy the cafe, prayer time, Pastor Bruce Raincake. God bless.